and welcome to the Bonus Action Podcast, the show that explores Dungeons & Dragons one rule at a time. This show is about the rules of the 5th edition of Dungeons & Dragons. We plan to explore those rules one by one in short 15-minute episodes. I'm your host, Sam Dillon, and I'm here with D&D aficionado and world builder extraordinaire, James Interqueso. Hey, Sam, I am pumped to get started. All right. What's our topic tonight, James? In this episode, we're discussing the advantage-disadvantage mechanic in D&D. You can find an explanation of this rule in the basic D&D PDF on page 57 or in the player's handbook on page 173. The basic rule in a nutshell is sometimes a special ability or spell that you have uh, lets you have advantage or disadvantage on a ability check, saving throw, or attack roll. So basically, any D20 roll you could make in D&D. And when that happens, you roll a second d20 when you make the roll. You use the higher of the two rolls if you have advantage, and you use the lower roll if you have disadvantage. So it's pretty simple. It is pretty simple, and it's the chief innovation of 5th edition. You know, 5th edition is an edition of the game that's hearkening back to some of the sort of older concepts and and what a lot of people would say have a a more sort of traditional feel for D&D. But this is the one new thing, and that's why we've chosen it as the first topic of, of this first podcast. And so there are several things about this rule that sounds so simple, but, you know, it actually has a pretty deep mechanical effect on the entire game. And so there are some points that we need to discuss about this particular mechanic. So just some some facts right off the bat, and then we'll get into different interpretations and and different sort of pros and cons to this particular approach. The first thing is you can't have multiple advantages. If you have advantage, it's sort of an all-encompassing idea. If you have advantage, you're rolling 2d20, you're going to take the highest roll, you're much more likely to succeed. You're not going to get five situational advantages and roll 6d20. Okay? But the thing is, the same goes for disadvantage. So disadvantages and advantages don't stack upon themselves, but they also don't stack together. So if you have an advantage and a disadvantage, they're going to cancel each other out. If you have five advantages and only one disadvantage, it still cancels everybody out, and you end up with rolling just one d20. So in that way, it's actually a lot less bookkeeping. Yeah, and I really like that because to me, you know, if you're not keeping track of, oh, I have plus two here, but then minus two here, but then another two plus ones here. So what does that even out to? You know, this makes everything very clean and simple. And having come from fourth edition where all those plus two advantage bonuses would begin to stack up, uh, this really makes things a lot easier, even at higher levels of play. And I'm happy to see that. Um, You know, another thing, I think another fact that we should probably state is that when you re-roll, the re-roll does doesn't retain advantage. So if you have the halfling's lucky trait that lets you re-roll a d20 when you roll a one on a, a die, um, you don't have advantage. Say you rolled two ones and then you use lucky to re-roll, you only re-roll one of those dice. You don't re-roll both of them. And I, you you're know, not, you're not that lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it does seem like you know you don't have to come to the table with like five d20s. You bring two and you're ready to go. And there's several various ways to gain advantage. Um, 
you can use the another mechanic that we're probably going to talk about eventually, inspiration, which is which is sort of the other new thing in D and D, which is slightly less mechanical than advantage. But inspiration points, you can basically buy advantage with an inspiration point, so they're interlocked. Um, but the one thing to remember is that advantage and disadvantage, when it, when they're used in the game, that use is at the DM's discretion. So so the person who is running your game, who's refereeing your game, who's adjudicating the rules. They are the final arbiter of whether or not a particular situation is going to give you advantage or disadvantage. Now, having said that, there are several things that are actually are baked into the rules to provide advantage and disadvantage, and the DM should be using those sort of guidelines in the rules. So there are several examples. You can get advantage from a racial trait. If you're a dwarf, you get advantage on all saves versus poison. Sure, or you could get advantage from a tool or from equipment, you know, antitoxins or crowbars or portable rams all give you advantage on various skill checks or saves. And working together, if if a, a group of uh, if, the, if the entire party or if two people in the party need to combine their strength to lift a, a heavy door or something or to to move a heavy piece of equipment, if you if you do that, you get advantage on your strength check. But only one care, only one PC rolls, so only one player is rolling. But you get advantage on that. Sure, and similarly, there's a help action that you can take in combat where you can grant your friend advantage by using your action to help him, and then that friend will have advantage on his or her attack roll, which is pretty cool. Right, and at the same time, there are lots of things that unfortunately give you disadvantage. For example, the sort of most obvious one that people discover right off the bat when they're creating their character and buying their equipment is that if you have a certain type of armor, you're going to have to take disadvantage on all of your stealth checks for dexterity. Sure, or if you're suffering from a condition like the restrain condition, your attack rolls will have disadvantage. Right, and also lots of spell effects have provide advantage or disadvantage, and one that provides disadvantage to dexterity checks is uh, one of your favorite spells, Otto's Irresistible Dance. Oh, it's irresistible, so you have irresistible. disadvantage if you try to do anything else, because you got to keep dancing. I love that's it. That's right, that's right. <laughs> so one of the things that got a lot of discussion when uh, the playtest was first uh, happening, and everyone was kind of really playing playing around with this advantage concept at the beginning was the effect of this bonus on the game. And so lots of uh, people did a lot of mathematics and determined that the probabilities are greatly shifted in this edition because of advantage or disadvantage and that it, it because it takes it from a flat D20 roll. So in a flat D20 roll, you basically have a 5% chance of rolling any given number. Um, the probability is exactly the same every time you roll that D20. However, um, that means if you need to roll an 11, well, 11 of the numbers on that die have a possibility of showing up. So 5 times 11, that means you have a 55% chance of making that roll. But it's still a flat distribution. When you have advantage, you're suddenly rolling two dice. It changes the distribution, and it greatly affects the probability of, of actually uh, getting a particular number. And it makes things much more easy if you have advantage, but on the other hand, much, much more difficult if you have disadvantage. 
Yeah, and it's interesting. It seems to really affect you most when you're hitting those middle numbers, right? That the the curve of these two lines, the advantage and disadvantage in 5th edition, when you're going for that, you really need like that 11 or whatever it is. Um, you know, that's that's sort of where you run into your greatest probability is is advantage increases the probability that you will pit those middle numbers is what I am interpreting from sort of all the data and everything that we're reading, uh, whereas static bonuses from other editions and static penalties, you know, might have made it more likely that you would hit very high or very low, depending on if it was a penalty or a bonus, which uh, is is interesting to see. You know, what I find in is that in play, you know, it, it's even if a, a care, even if so, I run a lot of games. So even if my player has advantage when they roll, you know, they're still like at the edge of their seat, holding their breath. Oh, am I going to make it? You know, and I have seen it, it where they have rolled a one and a three. Okay, so <laughs> you know, it's not the case that if just because you have advantage, you're always going to get it. You know, it's sort of perception. No, you're always you're obviously going to make it. That's actually not the case. Just like I've seen a player roll with disadvantage and roll a fifteen and a seventeen. So, you know, anything can happen in the game. It's one of the things that makes it so very fun. Yes, exactly. And I have seen the exact same thing happen at my table. I've seen a lot of double ones rolled with advantage um, or sad vantage, as uh, people are calling it when that happens. Uh, You know, and I have seen a lot of people still make it with disadvantage. So that is definitely a myth that, of course, you'll fail or of course, you'll succeed if you have disadvantage or advantage, respectively. And you know, I love the mechanic because I do think that, you know, because the DM can have discretion, you can think about, oh, well, you know, uh, your character might have advantage because of the time they spent before the adventure in the library researching monsters or because of whatever their particular background is. And, you know, it really makes DMing on the fly a lot easier rather than trying to figure out what would be a good static bonus to give this person. Mm-hmm. Right, and and then how do I stack that static bonus? Do I does it stack? Is does it come from another? You know, does it come from a group of bonuses that would stack, or is it only singular? Yeah, it becomes a real big problem. It's one of the big headaches for complex systems, and I think advantage disadvantage. The entire mechanic has streamlined that a great deal. I no longer feel like I have to keep all those bonuses and disadvantages in my head and try to do the math on the fly, or make sure I have a little cheat sheet and I can apply it based on the different classes and all that. This to me really streamlines it. Now, that's not to say there's no complexity. There is. There are still some static bonuses. For example, the cover rules give static bonuses rather than advantage-disadvantage, depending on what's going on. So there are still some static things in there. And I think they, they sort of were very picky about how they did that, because they would like, I think, based on the, the rule book, most of the items that get a lot of play are going to have disadvantage advantage as the main mechanic that affects the ability of that PC to perform that action. Yeah, exactly. And I also like that you as the DM can reward clever play with this, right? If somebody does something really cool, you are, again, you're able to immediately add, give them a little boost or give them a little uh, slap if they do something, um, you know, sort of dumb. So you're able to both reward and penalize people much more easily with this advantage disadvantage mechanic, which I really love. Yep. Now, the biggest problem might be, for a new DM, figuring out when to apply advantage or disadvantage. So, 
I'm going to give two pieces of advice. Number one, just worry about having fun. You know, if you forget advantage or disadvantage a couple of times, don't worry about it. Second thing is, once you've run the game a couple times, you get more comfortable. Take another close reading of the of the player's handbook, of the PHB, and it's going to give you all the information you need to know. And also, ask your players to make sure that they're paying attention to what will give them as PCs advantage and disadvantage. Yeah, and I think that's the the best way to do it is practice makes perfect. It might seem like a scary concept at first, but once you get into 5th edition, you really love it when you're DMing. I it's so much easier than static bonuses. I really love it. Yeah. And I think that there'll probably be a little bit more advice in the DMG. I'm hoping there's going to be some advice in the DMG on on how to how to play with advantage disadvantage and how to know when you're adjudicating that appropriately. Uh, but if you'd like some tips before the DMG comes out, there is an older list of advantages and disadvantages that was published. We'll put a link in the show notes if you'd like to go look at that. It's based on one of the late stages of the playtest, but it has some general guidelines for you know uh, just a list of what things, rather than having to go through every page of the PHB and look it up again, you've got a little three-page note uh, note sheet that tells you and, and gives you some hints. And you could just glance at it and, and, and do that. And so we're going to post that in the show notes. Yeah, and I would say also your players, you know, make sure that your players, or if you are a player, that you sort of know what baked-in advantages you have. You know, what are your racial advantages? What are your class-based benefits that can give you advantage? Um, because that'll also help your DM out, and that will help give the entire table a better understanding of how the mechanic works. Well, we are running up to our time limit, so we hope that you have enjoyed this uh, short discussion on the Bonus Action Podcast, and our plan is to keep it at 15 to 20 minutes, make it a manageable little chunk, but also an interesting conversation. If you like the show, I encourage you to visit thetomeshow.com and uh, use our affiliate links for Amazon.com and dndclassics.com and support the show while you shop. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It's just the same as when you go to Amazon from your own browser link, but what it does is throws a few copper pieces into the Tome Show's belt pouch that lets us stay on the air. Yeah, and remember that it's the holidays and you're going to need to shop a little bit, so go use those affiliate links. Come on, guys. (laughs) And if you have any suggestions or comments, please feel free to leave a comment at thetomeshow.com where this podcast was posted or email thetomeshow at gmail.com. And uh, James, where can listeners find you really quickly? You can find me at worldbuilderblog.me or my name on Twitter. And you can follow me at uh, Twitter at DM Samuel, or you can go to my blog at RPGMusings.com. And I think with that, we'll say goodnight. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.